0: and welcome back to the south end zone podcast i'm your host jason that's eric that's timmy Boys, we talked about it last night. We're back for a special uh, mid-season edition, bonus episode this week. Uh, A halftime hits and misses, if you will. Lucky you, Mr. Listener. You get to deal with us for an extra 45 minutes to an hour. And uh, yeah, boys, how we doing? Timmy, what's going on?
2: I'm good, man. Brought the lighter fluid. I got some uh, cream to hand out to you guys. So uh, don't worry. I got you covered there (laughs) and uh, I'm ready to get into it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: buttercream sorry sorry i lost my composure there for a second eric how's it going man
1: uh good i'm i'm here to bruise egos and drink beer and i'm all out of beer so the the egos i bruise will include my own because i have just as many misses as everyone else but uh it'll be fun to go. you're full of shit you got more
2: beer
0: either that or he's got some ice cold frosty mug dr thunder sitting there
1: i'm out of dr thunder too i've disowned dr thunder after the, the nonsense i've seen this year i'm i'm on the coke zero tonight yeah good call
0: mm. all right well okay so what now that we've got all the introductions and all the other horseshit out of the way uh eric i'm gonna kick this thing over to you and i'm gonna kick back and take a break and let you uh run these uh segments here a little bit so what we're going to do to start is uh, preseason hits and misses on uh, some Vegas win totals. We'll go through them by the conference and uh, hit some bold predictions. So, Eric, hit me with it. Well, hit us both with it because I feel like you're about to hit us with a hammer.
1: So, who is right? All, all, all of us, myself included. Uh, first, I would like to do a uh, answer a listener question. And I think oh. now maybe a good time to do it because – the answer to this question actually applies to some of the stuff we're going to talk about. And the question is, what is the difference between a bad process and a bad result? An L is an L where I'm from. Sounds like you're making excuses. Ooh. Which, which, so first off, congratulations on the, on the low key, very passive aggressive snark dick. Um, <laughs> uh, so to answer the question, uh, yeah, they're different and it's really not about making excuses. It's about identifying what you screwed up in an effort to not screw up the same exact thing in the future, right? And it doesn't necessarily apply just to picking football games, for instance. It's
0: Yeah, I'm going to stomp on that response to it. Okay, whoever this guy is, I got some fucking nightmare fuel for him. A bad process versus a bad result. Not a bad process would be betting on like a service academy under. And then, oops, it goes over one time in 30 games. It's a bad result, not a bad process. It hits ninety percent of the time. Bad result would be, I bet on Ole Miss this week when they lost to Auburn five times in a row. <laughs> that's that's not a good process,
1: right? The service academy game is actually the example I was going to use, right? That sometimes you can make the the best decision for the most likely outcome, and you know shit happens. Uh, that's that's the way the world works.
0: Yeah, well, that guy doesn't sound like he bets on football very much.
1: Uh. Probably not. I don't know. So as far as our bad results and bad processes, (laughs) let's, uh, let's start with the eight, uh, I'm sorry, the SEC Auburn, uh, their Vegas win total was 6.5. Hunter took the under. I would have taken the under. Um, this was, this was actually before I had, had joined up, uh, Jason, you took the over and they're, I mean, they're going to hit the over, but what, what did you see in Auburn that made you think that they were going to get to seven wins? with a new coach in arguably the toughest conference and toughest division.
0: I looked at it like this. Bo Nix, I felt like he would be the one to really benefit from the new coach because under Malzahn's system, Bo Nix, he has no business being in a Malzahn system. So I felt like he would really benefit and hopefully like blossom and I guess you could argue that he's done that or not. That's far be it for me to say he sucks, but I don't think he's really exploded either. But, I mean, if Bo Nicks plays a little better on the road, they, they're they probably a one-loss team right now.
1: Right. The next team that everyone missed on, LSU was assigned eight and a half wins by Vegas. Hunter, Jason, both you t- took the over. I would have as well. So I guess the question is, where did we go wrong?
0: <laughs> well... I'll tell you where we went wrong. We put way too much fucking faith in Ed Orgeron uh for starters and made excuses for him going five and five in twenty twenty. Um because fortunate all those, to be five and five, by the way. Yeah, because all those players went to the draft, so we made excuses for him. And then if you remember in our hot seat preview, I brought
1: him Oh uh, I remember. we uh, yeah, we're getting there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> so, gonna get full
1: credit for that one. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, he, he was one he was one cleat away from four and six last year. By the way,
2: who throws a shoe? Honestly. All
1: right. Um. Another one we missed on Kentucky. Seven wins. Uh. You and Hunter both took the under. I also would have taken the under. I. I didn't see what has happened so far coming. Man. I don't think anybody did. I took
0: the under yeah. on Kentucky. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Man, I was thinking I took that-
1: Yeah, you were fading stoops.
0: <laughs> well, I, I probably was cuz I, like I I was done with stoops after last year. And I'm still done with him. I played him this week and he screwed me. So, I don't know, like I rode him like a, you know, stallion in 2019 and then last year, man, he just like he took a big dump and it's continued into this season for me. So, yeah. Good it makes sense that I was fading him.
1: Now, the jury is still out on Mississippi State. Their over-under was six and a half. Hunter had them over. You disagreed. I wrote it down. Let me find it in my notes here. I have a direct quote. Oh, Uh-oh. Shit. Going to the tape <laughs> oh, here. no. Okay. Hunter said, quote, July 16th, Hunter said at first, Mississippi State wins seven games. Uh, and then eight minutes later, he said, I hope that ages well, by the way. And he didn't sound very confident, but uh, they're five and three and it, it, I mean, it looks to me like they can get to seven wins. Um, you know, they're going to get to at least six and yeah, they got Tennessee state, which
2: is a, an automatic dub and then toss up games against Arkey and Ole Miss.
1: Who knows? Yeah. I, I, I think they have potentially two more wins. Oh, we'll see. I'm just saying, you know, that w- that was when you guys were split on and it looks like he's got a chance. Um, Speaking of teams that the jury is still out on and still have a chance, Jason, uh, we're going to shift to the Big Ten.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: First team we'll talk about is the currently sole possession of first place in the West Division, Golden Gophers of Minnesota. (laughs)
0: Hey, I told you, man. Timmy's in deep shit.
1: He He is in deep shit because you picked them to go over seven, and we all thought you were crazy. Oh, um, yeah. The, I got roasted are, for six, six and two. Yeah. Uh, six and two, and they absolutely have a winnable games. They control their own destiny to go to the Big Ten title game.
0: Yeah, um, and I would like to put Court in session for a moment. Timmy, explain yourself.
1: They're the fucking Minnesota
2: Golden Gophers. <laughs> when the fuck have they ever been good? Nobody saw this shit coming. <laughs> and I still contend that... They were good that two years ago. They won I was about to say, they're ago. not...
0: I brought it up in well, the show that they were gonna go what do you mean, when they were went they eleven good? and two two years ago. Like Irrelevant started. <laughs> Kidding me? There's right. they're,
2: st- they're Let- still not as good as their record indicates. <laughs> the West Division is trash <laughs> and that's why they're sitting at top. They're sitting the- at the top of a trash heap. Okay.
1: Okay. It, when you're in the trash heap, this is just like yeah, listeners, this is an example of bad process. <laughs> Their division being a trash heap is exactly why picking them to, to win seven games was probably a smart play. Just like Wake Forest. I keep telling you, yeah, I know the conference is trash. That's why I thought they would win seven or more games.
2: No, I didn't expect them to be at the top of that trash heap. I thought they were going to be a lot worse than what they actually turned out to be.
1: Well, I mean, sometimes the cream rises to the top and sometimes the pond scum rises to the top. It's a mixed bag, man.
0: Well, um, un uncharacteristically, I'm going to... Defend Timmy a little bit because they, I mean, they could very easily choke it off and lose out. I mean, I'm this is not some kind of, I mean, they they play Illinois this week. I played them, they should win, but would it shock me if they choked it off and lost? No,
2: Illinois and Indiana are the two games I'm looking at that they need to lock up that'll put them over. I don't see them beating Iowa, I don't see them beating Wisconsin. So you're going to need both of those games to sew it up. they choke one of those up yeah, off. well, look out. what
0: uh, what jersey do you want me to send you? Is it Ed Reed or like you want like a Lamar Jackson?
2: yeah, we'll work out the terms
1: when you sew it up, man. don't put the cart before the horse <laughs> okay, um, move on from Minnesota, Indiana, seven and a half. both of you guys took the over. I think i mean i I wasn't there, I think I probably would have agreed, i'm not sure, but uh I mean they're bad
0: if I recall. If I recall correctly, I did say they were one of those teams that could underachieve.
2: That and I I think we both agreed that their success was solely dependent on Michael Penix and how he came back from
1: his injury.
0: Oh, yeah,
1: 100%. Now we know that that was not working in their favor. And to round out the Big Ten, and this is why I brought up uh, process versus result before, because I think you guys maybe had a bad process when it came to your picks on Michigan over or under seven and a half. Because if you listen back to that, I think you guys maybe let your your feelings for Jim Harbaugh color your perspective on what that team could do. Because you guys all took the under. Okay, Hunter, Hunter introduced it, M- Michigan seven and a half, and he said, am I crazy to think that's way too high? You guys both took gonna the under. I'm going to disagree with you on that one. And you guys said, no chance Harbaugh wins eight games. Yeah, uh Your Honor,
0: I would like to plead guilty to that because uh number one, I can't stand Jim Harbaugh. So I fade him constantly and I faded him this weekend in the picks and it paid off for me. So I have no gu- I don't feel guilty, but I am guilty.
1: <laughs> so Yeah, it just it seemed to me listening back like maybe you guys weren't looking at the right thing. That's all. I'm gonna and go there.
2: back to the, the process part of it. Harbaugh at Michigan in the last couple of years, hasn't instilled that confidence, at least from my perspective, that he's going to be the guy to get it done. And they didn't look impressive, you know, in 2020. And looking at the team they had coming back, I didn't see an an above-eight win team. That's just my perspective.
0: Yeah, well, who have they really beaten this year? That's what I want to know. I mean, yeah, sure,
1: they're well, part win, of it too. Their win
0: total's probably gonna go over, but not I mean, what was their win total you said? Seven and a half?
1: Seven and a half. They've won. I, I think they've won they're... seven.
0: So realistically, they could win three of their next four games, possibly. They should win. They'll probably be favored. So yeah, they'll go over. But thus far, they haven't beaten anybody that's any good. I mean, you could say Wisconsin's okay, but the rest of those teams, they all suck. Northern Illinois, Rutgers, Washington, Western Michigan. <laughs> I mean, it's not like they've – it's standard classic Harbaugh.
1: Right, but those teams were on the schedule in July.
0: I think going into the season, we were projecting them to lose to Washington, we thought,
1: was going to be worth a shit, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's right. We thought Washington would be good. We thought Wisconsin would be good.
1: We thought Indiana would be better than Right,
0: so uh, – <laughs> You know,
1: okay, so so the Indiana Miss and the Michigan Miss are somewhat correlated.
0: Yeah, somewhat because you look at it like they haven't really beaten anybody that's any good, so that's that's what's fluffed their win total is other teams being trash. Not that they have like taken this huge step forward because clearly they just beat a got they got beat by a Michigan State team, you know that was a preseason four and a half win total from Vegas. And it would be classic hardball if they just tanked the rest of the to year. lose three last
1: four, yeah, yeah,
0: like yeah. That, That's true. It would, but
2: besides, uh, the only thing that matters about the Michigan discussion is at the end of the year whether or not he gets shit canned or not.
0: Which, in my opinion, he could it could still happen if he loses to Penn State and loses to Ohio State badly. Wouldn't shock me if they shit canned him.
2: I agree with you. If they sit on this pedestal that they're on right now, sitting seven in the country, and they choke it off down the stretch and lose to Ohio State, uh, yeah, that could be real bad for him.
0: Yeah, because unfortunately for Harbaugh, yeah, he's 4-1 and one in the conference and 7-1 and overall, but <laughs> there's two teams that are in the same division that are better than him.
1: Right, yeah, they in no way control their own. He needs a lot of help just to make it a title game. So I think them. It, we'll get to that later, I guess. But... um Yeah. Jerry's out on him as well. We'll see. But shifting gears to the big 12, there's a couple big misses here. Uh, Timmy, you and I swung and missed hard on Iowa State. I mean, not not that hard as far as the win total, which was nine and a half. And we both took the over. I actually said that taking the over nine and a half for them was the easiest decision I made in that whole conference. Uh, I thought they were mine as well. I thought they were an 11 win team. They clearly are not. They can still get to nine wins. But uh, that's their ceiling, and I don't know if they're even going to do that. So where did it go wrong for Iowa State in your mind?
2: I think that their inability to get Brees Hall activated and getting big numbers early on in the season is really what inhibited them. I don't know that he did shit the first three weeks of the season, quite honestly, because I was looking at him to be the bell cow of that offense and just put up
1: video game numbers on people. But that didn't happen. Yeah, it seems like offensively they got off to a pretty rough start. They're looking better now. I mean, they just beat a really good Oklahoma State team, but they're they're not going to end up where they were hoping by the time the season's over. Another team that kind of the opposite direction, we were not very high on. Uh, Baylor had a five and a half win total. Uh, Hunter said that they would be lucky to win three games. Jason, Oof. you and I both took the under on five and a half. Guys, Baylor is seven and one, and if you squint, hard enough at just the right angle, you can almost see a path to the playoff for them. If things break the right way. Uh, th- playoffs, don't talk about it. playoffs. That's fucking crazy. I mean, is that guy just not a miracle worker or what? Like,
0: I think it's a combination of things. Um, One being that, you know, he's proved, I think to be a good coach, just X's and O's wise, especially on defense. But also I think he's benefiting from a down big 12, you know, Texas Tech's not any good. West Virginia's not good. I mean, there's, Texas isn't any good. <laughs> there's just there's a lot Kansas of teams. Kansas Kansas. Yeah, Kansas, Kansas State. I mean, you know, there's just a bunch of teams that aren't very good. They're just mediocre teams. And if you're a really good coach and you have some semi-decent players, you can play with just about anybody in that conference apart from Oklahoma or maybe Oklahoma State, Iowa State type people, you know. So Right.
2: They could play with Oklahoma
1: this year. Yeah. I mean, I
0: I, I would think, like, Oklahoma, they'd be favored big, but it wouldn't shock me to see Baylor go out and beat them.
1: Fuck no. Well, we're going to find out in week 11. We're going to find out in week 11 how that one goes. Um, But I just – Sorry, Baylor. We, we owe you an apology. We, we didn't give you guys nearly enough credit. Eh,
0: um, we're not the only ones, though. I mean, Vegas had them no. five and a half wins. They projected them to have a losing Right. They had season. them there for a reason. So, yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, in fairness to ourselves, some of these, like the whole world missed on, you know, not just us. And let's talk about one that the entire world whiffed on. Uh, shifting gears to the ACC. Oh, shit. Here we go. Here we go As right. Clemson.
0: I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. Like make an alcoholic beverage while you guys.
1: Do. Yep. You bring your ass back here and <laughs> sit the f- down. Good lord. So Clemson's number was eleven and a half. Uh, Timmy and I picked under because we would thought we we thought they would lose the Georgia game. But we both. And that was it. And that was it. We both said once they get in conference play, right, they're just gonna curb stomp team after team after team. They're gonna win the ACC. They're gonna go to the playoff. So even though we had the under, like, we were still way off.
0: Samsonite.
1: Yeah, that was a fake under. Jason, you went one step further.
0: I would say I went Uh, four or five steps further. Actually,
1: yeah. I'm going to give you credit for three steps further. because One step. He was in the fucking upper deck. (laughs) Because in addition to taking the over on 11 and a half, meaning you thought they were going to run the table in the regular season, you also had them uh, at 15 and 0, uh, which is obviously not going to happen either. And for your coup de gras, your Heisman pick, remember that guy?
0: Oh, I remember him.
1: Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, DJ Uyunglele is not going to win the Heisman Trophy this year. He's not even going to win the Schmeiser. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, ew. yeah. So, like I said, everyone, I mean, they were 11 and a half for a reason, right? Everyone in the world thought they were going to be really good. Um I no got no one expected de- them. I,
0: I got no defense. I mean, they, they suck. I don't know what's going yeah. on right. there. I don't know.
2: Well, let me ask you, let me ask you a serious question. Okay. Do you do you think that, you know, DJU just sucks that bad or do you think that they're running an offense that isn't suited to him?
0: Well, the, it's funny that you asked that. I've seen some tweets and I I don't know if it was you that brought it to my attention or somebody else, but I think it was Trent Dilfer was talking about him and saying he was like one of the better college prospects i've ever scout, or yeah high school kids that i've ever like scouted as far as quarterback play and trevor lawrence you know was the greatest he had ever like scouted and both of them he his point was that clemson is not a good place to develop quarterbacks he said trevor lawrence regressed the longer he stayed at clemson and DJ Uyunglele looked fantastic last year in limited action. And now that he's been handed the reins, he's regressed massively. So I I can get down with that argument because, I mean, both those facts are true. But at the same time, it's not like Clemson doesn't have a pick of who they want as far as a coach goes. They can pretty much go get anybody. I don't know. I mean, maybe they're running an offense or have a system that is not conducive to the things he does well, but the fact that he made that comment about Trevor Lawrence, you know, maybe makes me believe it. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of of the opinion that the offense doesn't suit him very well. I think they're asking him to make too many reads, kind of in that read option offense as well, too many RPOs. Like, they just need to let that kid drop back and sling it because that's what he does best. And I don't see a whole lot of that.
0: Yeah, it seems that way because that's kind of what happened in the Notre Dame game last year when they, you know, he threw for 400 yards on the road in that loss to them. He was just like running around back there, slinging it all over the field. And Notre Dame had a really good team. So, I mean, maybe he's – maybe it's a coaching thing. Maybe he was overhyped. We've seen a ton of quarterbacks get overhyped. And I was guilty of overhyping. The majority of them. Yeah. And, like – I think about him the same way I think about a kid from Auburn a few years ago. I don't know if you guys remember him. Do you remember the guy that started for them after Cam Newton? His name was Jeremy Johnson.
1: No, I don't remember him specifically.
0: Preseason, he was like number three on the Heisman list. He started like four games and then got
1: benched. Yeah, I was say, he sounds, like, sounds like an intro to telling me that someone got benched.
0: Yes, he got benched after like five or six starts, and that was it. And Nobody ever heard from him ever again.
1: Yeah, well, preseason anything list is a trash can anyway. Yeah, but.
0: so maybe a little bit guilty of uh, putting too much pressure on the kid, and maybe that's a factor. Maybe he's under a, just a tremendous amount of you know external pressure because you know they're all reading their social media accounts about how great they are. So, <laughs> I don't know.
1: Well, however it happened, uh, it happened, and Clemson looks thoroughly mediocre. Uh, I think personally, I think they're fortunate to be five and three at this point in the season with the way they played. But uh, I
2: got some butt hurt cream for you too, Dabo Sweeney. Yes. So
1: yeah. Um, now on the good side of the ledger, uh, North Carolina, their number was ten. Uh, absolutely none of us were buying what Mac Brown was selling on that one. We all took the under. Nailed it. Yeah, that was uh, an
0: easy payday.
1: <laughs> it really was. They just they lost so much on offense. I just I had a tough time believing that they were going to win. Uh, I believe two more games than the previous year. That seemed like given what they lost too big a jump. So uh, good job there guys. And then the last one I want to talk about from the ACC, Timmy courts in session. Yeah. Eat my ass. Oh no. Wake forest, six and a half
2: week, week forest, six and a half. Yeah. I struck out. I struck out on that one.
1: And, and, And Jason took the over somewhat reluctantly, Tim, you just didn't, you didn't just take the under. You have relentlessly talked shit since then, and You continue you
2: have, to do so.
1: Done, and I really admire like your commitment to the bit. Um, A lot but,
0: of conviction there with those takes.
1: But <laughs> that they went over two weeks ago, man. Give it up, <laughs> like, like you missed.
0: Irrelevant. <laughs> um,
1: he, he's that guy. He's going to take six straight uh, L's just to get one just, W. Just to brag about picking a Notre Dame loss. I know it. Yep. That's um, right.
2: I'm going to light a fucking cigar and drink some champagne when they lose in the next couple of weeks.
1: So, 8-0 Wake Forest did, in fact, go over six and a half. Um, I I didn't think at the time I said it over that it was going to be quite so controversial, but you, you acted like I had a dick growing out of my forehead for, for saying that. And... uh and by God, I'm going to remind you of that. Um, <laughs> now, they have played absolutely nobody. Probably the three best teams that they're going to play this season are in the next four weeks. So uh, I, I think the balloon's going to get popped pretty soon here. But six and a half, dude, come on. It's, it's not a, like I was picking them to win 10 games.
0: It's a payday, nonetheless, for the two of us. Yeah.
1: Um, Pack 12 uh, not much to talk about because that whole conference is, in fact, ass. Um, Minus one, one missed, team. You,
0: we we can we can say Oregon's not complete ass. They're just like they kind of they kind of smell like ass.
1: They're they're part of a conference that overall is in fact ass. Right. Um,
0: which means they just stink like ass.
1: And that includes Utah, uh, who Jason, you and I both picked over eight and a half. Uh, in fact, I liked them to win the conference. I liked them to win the South and win the conference championship
0: game. Pretty sure I did too. Didn't yeah. Didn't I get roasted They're, for picking pack
1: You said
2: they could win the Pac twelve. I yeah. did say
0: that. Aren't I they did. Still, yeah, me too aren't they still in control of their own destiny in the South?
2: Yeah, they're, they're at the top of the South right now. They're 4-1 and one in the conference. Okay,
0: so but I'm in good shape so far. They go and play mm-hmm. Oregon. you telling me they can't beat Oregon?
1: You must think I'm dumb. Uh, I don't think okay, so. Okay, yeah, so jury's, jury's still out on winning the South and winning the Pac-12, but. Yeah, we'll file uh, that
0: in the vault for later because you guys crushed me.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll have to circle back around to that. No, I didn't crush you. I took the over two.
0: Yeah, no, you didn't. Timmy Timmy, and Hunter both just annihilated so I, me. I
1: mean, I guess if they went out, they could still go over eight and a half. They're five and three now, but I just, I don't think I like their chances, I guess, from what I've seen of them. Now, in terms of teams that were picked by us to win the Pac-12 South and the Pac-12, uh, Hunter's not here, but we'll roast him anyways for... Irrelevant. For taking the University of Southern California.
0: Yeah, great pick.
1: I'm totally embarrassed and totally ashamed. Yeah, over eight and a half, uh, which mathematically they cannot do. They're four and four and fired their coach, and it really is kind of fallen apart on them. So that was a miss for us. Uh, other notable yeah. misses. Um, well, hold
2: on. Dude. You got to back up a minute, because okay. he, uh, he signed up to some terms of some bets that he's still bought into, so don't think we didn't forget about that either, weak man.
0: <laughs> oh, we oh have yeah, not, I
2: did
1: forget.
0: We have yeah. not forgotten. Yeah, you
1: guys haven't, I, I forgot because it has nothing to do with me personally, I guess. What was the what was the term of his, was, it was like a, a Jordan Jefferson thing or something, right?
2: Yeah, so he's he's got to dress up in whatever LSU regalia that he desires, but he has to hold up a sign that says that Jordan Jefferson's better than Joe Burrow. Oh, and everybody right. knows it. In some and sort of public place, right? It. Oh, yeah. He has to send it to the official LSU Twitter it's page. It's going on
0: the interwebs.
2: Oh, that's, God, that's
1: mean. For I, all time. That's a lot to bet on USC. Goodness.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't think that one aged very well. And that'll yeah. be a nice welcome back to the podcast for him when he decides to, when he gets some yeah. time away from his and attitude. And I do, now
1: that you mentioned that particular setup, I do remember him, like, within 10 seconds of accepting the terms of that bet, immediately regretting it. <laughs> <laughs> be like, yes. God damn, I'm dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, so, before we roll into uh, best and worst individual game picks... There's one last uh, set of preseason misses that we need to own up to. Uh, Jason, we talked briefly about your Heisman pick that went awry. Mm-hmm. Mine was not much better because I thought Spencer...
0: <laughs> no, I thought you Spencer didn't pick... Do-
1: you picked Dr. Thunder yeah. to win the Heisman? I did, yeah. Oh, Yeah. No. God. So, I I had started going he over... He bought his plane ticket. Oh, so I did. yeah, he did. Well,
0: he, bought him to, he bought him to New York. I forgot about that.
1: So, in addition to basically calling in his hotel reservation during the big 12 episode. I wasn't on the bold predictions, the the week zero one, uh, working through some tef- technical difficulties. I missed that one, but doing the prep for all that, he would have been my Heisman pick, uh, and m- which would have looked just as terrible as yours, Jason. Mm. Speaking of terrible Heisman At picks, At least my guy's still starting. Right. Yeah. I, I might have the worst one of all out of them. Um, Because your guy is still starting, and even though he hasn't played very well, and his team's been kind of disappointing. Timmy, you had Brees Hall. Uh, We talked about him. Hasn't had the kind of season everyone expected, uh, including him and including you. So, uh, yeah, we're collective 0 for for 3 on the Heisman list.
0: Yeah, I would like uh, some recognition there for taking the under on on Iowa State and saying you guys were crazy for predicting them to win 11 games.
1: You you didn't say that we were crazy. You said you – you weren't sold on the fact that Matt Campbell was was building some sort of a juggernaut and that if you had to bet it, you would take the under because you just weren't convinced.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, there you which, go. Which, which is just as correct. Um, that is
0: a definition of a good process, Mr. Listener.
1: That is. Uh, speaking of good and bad processes, let's talk about individual games through the first two-thirds of the seasons. Um, best game picks. So I, w- I went through everyone's picks from every week, and I picked out what I believe was everyone's individual best pick, and based on a number of factors, right? Whether it's uh, you know an upset pick, or really, I kind of focused in on the picks that everyone else shit on you for that hit. <laughs> which there were quite a few, yes. and believe it, or, yeah, believe it or not, we didn't go a single week without one of those. Um, so Jason, I'm gonna I, for you. I picked Arkansas over Texas in week two, which none of us liked. Uh, Texas was coming off a really impressive win over a game. Louisiana squad Arkansas was a bit of an unknown you sort of hung your hat on you know playing on the road in SEC stadiums isn't easy and you got a freshman quarterback uh, and and it paid off Um, Arkansas ran the ball wherever and whenever they wanted Uh, they they beat up on Hudson Card a little bit and they won pretty convincingly uh, over Texas so good job there they
0: are who we thought they were
1: Uh, going through my picks I didn't really have one like that I've Got a little more of like a, I guess mine are maybe a little more low key, like blue collar type. I if I, if I had to pick one, I would say taking Michigan minus six and a half over Washington just because they ended up winning by three touchdowns. Um, and you guys gave me a little bit of grief over the khakis, but um I, as far as best picks, I probably have the least impressive one. Now Hunter, speaking of impressive picks, I couldn't decide on him, so I'm giving him a two way tie because he had a couple of really good ones. Uh, Early on, I believe it was week three, uh, he picked BYU over Utah in yeah, his upset picks.
0: I remember that. And in the face of none nine of us, stri- or nine straight Utah, yeah, wins? like
1: eight or eight or nine straight years, uh, Utah has won the Mormon Bowl. Um, you know, Utah was a a preseason dark horse playoff team. A lot of people like them to to win at least the South, if not the Pac twelve, including a couple of us, Hunter did not care, took BYU anyways, that hit. And then the other one, uh, I think he deserves a lot of credit for was taking Stanford over Oregon. I can't, uh, I still can't believe that. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, that, uh, me that, either.
2: that was by accident. He didn't even mean to do yeah. that.
1: Uh, so that's an example of, it's not even good or bad process is no process. I think he just kind of threw a dart at it or something and just getting butt. a good, res- getting yeah. a good result. But, um, I mean, he, he hit an upset pick that might actually decide a playoff spot when it's all said and done. I mean, it's entirely possible that that game is what keeps Oregon out.
0: Should be what keeps them out.
1: You know, obviously none none of us liked that one much at all, and uh, he took yeah. it and he hit it. Speaking of upset picks that nobody else liked. Don't do it, Timmy. to me, Timmy, any guesses on what your best pick of the year is? Chip Kelly Chip over fucking LSU Kelly over LSU. Oh, so in my opinion, anytime you make a pick and your podcast uh, co-hosts shit on you so hard that they have to apologize to you the next episode <laughs> when you're right that uh, Timmy, I'm awarding you pick of the year. Uh, I had to wipe the pick.
2: soot off my face from the fucking flamethrowers coming out of my yes. mic.
1: So uh, week one, Timmy picks, UCLA in their sissy blue uniforms uh, as a four and a half point home underdog to beat LSU. And I mean, I I thought you were on drugs. Like I was like, man, this, this dude is higher than giraffe nuts picking Chip Kelly <laughs> over LSU. And uh, not only did they win, I mean, they beat the snot out of those guys up front on both sides of the ball. Uh, they, were, they, they were in control of the entire game. Uh, very convincing win. And as a corollary to that, in the bold predictions, when we were covering uh preseason hot seat rankings, Jason, you did say let let Ed Orgeron f around and lose to Chip Kelly week one, and you'll hear the talking start. Lo and behold, uh, you know that happened, and Ed Orgeron is no more. So uh, good call there, because none of us like that one either. Uh, we all thought you were crazy to think that Coach O could be on the hot seat 18 months after, um, maybe the best season any team has ever played in college football.
0: Yeah, it, that was a lightning in a bottle. Big smoke screen there.
1: So now that we talked about the good, let's talk about the bad picks. Uh, oh, believe dear. it or not, we got we got plenty of them. Um Hunters not here. I'll start actually no, I'm not going to start off with him. Um I'm going to start off with Timmy.
0: God damn oh, it. yes. Uh,
1: any uh any guesses on what your worst pick of the year is thinking back? Game picks. Yeah.
0: Hang on. I'm going to see if I can guess it. I'm going to see if I can guess it. Now, was, well, that, I'm, was this a pick I'm hoping, of
1: his? Yeah, individual game pick. Individual I'm hoping that you come up with a different pick. game than I did cause, so that I can give you grief about two separate games at the same time.
2: Oh, <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ. I'm not even going to fucking <laughs> throw a log on that fire. Just fair, hit me with fair it. Fair
1: enough. Um, I'm In my opinion, your worst pick of the year so far has been Wisconsin over Michigan. Wisconsin over who? Michigan. Oh, Yeah. Because Wisconsin... Yeah. Uh, you backed Wisconsin, who went out and lost by 21 points at home. Ugh. Yeah, they got fucking clapped. So it's it's yeah, it really that has to do with the manner in which they lost. Um, Jason, you had a similar one, and yours is arguably worse than Timmy's. Any guesses?
0: Oh, if you're talking about the upset pick for Maryland over Iowa, the, I yeah, I, I wouldn't say yeah. it should, should be easy to to. I would say that is the worst pick I've made this year.
1: I agree. That is the worst pick you have made this year. Uh, you had Maryland over Iowa, and I want to say something like week five or six um, as your upset pick. Maryland lost fifty-one to fourteen at home.
0: Yeah, that was week five. It was a close game. Yeah, real good.
1: Yeah, and that's when we thought you know Iowa might be for real. It turns out they're not. But different uh, different topic for a different day. Moving on to Hunter's worst pick. Um, a couple weeks ago, Florida was going into Baton Rouge to play the Tigers. And the total for that game was 59 points. Hunter decided to take the under, which is somewhat understandable. Uh, You know, LSU was coming off a game where they ran for 11 yards. LSU ends up winning that game 49 to 42. So on a 59-point total, they put up 91 points. Uh, So he didn't come particularly close. Now, the following week, on the heels of that one missing a missing a total by 30 something points uh i effectively told hunter hold my beer <laughs> <laughs> the Wake army under 52 let me take let me take under 52 on wake at army uh, do you guys remember what the score was in that game
2: that was like a five alarm fire in the barn over there, there, there man was a
0: 126 points 126. In that game.
1: Wake Forest won seventy to fifty six on both (laughs) both teams both teams individually went over the total. (laughs) That game hit the over on the seventh play of the third quarter. Jesus Christ. So
0: Uh, nice uh, call, coach. Great call. Yeah.
1: Oh man. Hot on the heels of you know, joking about how Hunter missed an over under by thirty points. I missed an under by seventy-four. Uh, and as such, I am awarding myself miss of the year <laughs> uh, because I think I have to, Wake I, Forest
0: to take my 74 points. That's gotta be some kind of a record.
2: Wake Forest, ladies and gentlemen, letting the service Academy hang a 50 burger. On. Yeah. <laughs> Still uh,
0: throwing craziness. the Wake Forest shade.
1: Get craziness. it in there. Crazy. So, yeah, so that's, uh, that's what we've hit on and what we've missed so far this season. I'm sure there's more to come. Uh, End of the year, I'm sure we'll do a, a little bit of a wrap-up, very similar to this, on on what we're going to screw up going forward from here. In the meantime, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. Uh, Jason's going to tell you about some of our uh, corporate, corporate sponsors and partners, um, and then we'll be back in just a minute with uh, a brief Heisman discussion. And we're going to talk about the college football playoff rankings that just came out.
0: NFL fans, hungry for a big week this week, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed, Everybody can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings has given all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is the Pigskin, the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win. With the promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLING. All right, Eric. We're back. We are back, man. So uh, let uh, let I'm going to kick it back over to you, and let's let's hit this Heisman race, dude. I, like I, I just I'm really enjoying just kicking back, not having to like run the show.
1: <laughs> it's good work if you can get it. Um, just like uh, being fired by LSU.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Brief brief Heisman discussion. Just because uh, at this point in the season, um, I think there's probably one clear favorite. Timmy, who's your if, Voting today, you had a vote. Who's your guy? Uh,
2: My singular vote, if I had to cast, would be for CJ Stroud. Okay, I think that his performance, especially as a freshman, has been exemplary. Uh, He's playing big-time football in a big-time conference. I mean, at this point, he's thrown for over 2,200 yards, 23 TDs, and most importantly, only three interceptions. Um, I think He's far and away the best quarterback out of any of the uh, people on the Heisman list, in my opinion. Okay, well then, who would be
1: your second? Because you got a different first-place guy than I do.
2: So, my second pick would be for Kenneth Walker right now, just like we talked about the other day. His uh, video game-like numbers he's been putting up on some of these big defenses is just unreal. And I think he's just getting rolling. I think he's going to continue to put up more numbers as the season goes on. And he's got Michigan State in playoff position, which as we just talked about at the beginning of the year, nobody thought that was even in the realm of possibility. So he was number two on my list.
1: Okay. Do you have a third or you got like a, a group of guys? Who maybe
2: we're, we're going to keep going on down the list until we hit the guy you want to talk <laughs> no. about?
1: No, we're just going to stop at three if you think you got a third. If, if you got, no. Three or four guys, yeah, like from those pool of guys that you're going to choose from, and, and none of them are particularly close, and we'll skip it. From
2: those two, it's kind of it's kind of like talking about Georgia. You know, they're the clearing away favorites, in my opinion, okay, and so everybody else is just kind of where they are. I don't know that I have off a, after a those definitive
1: two. third. Yeah. Okay. Jason, right, wrong, indifferent?
0: Uh, I don't disagree with uh, those two guys being in the conversation. Certainly, I mean uh, CJ Stroud's leading the country in total QBR right now. He's had you know an incredible season. Um, I mean, even in the Oregon loss, he was amazing. (laughs) You know, threw for four hundred eighty-four yards in that game. So I mean, he's he's been pretty incredible from start to finish um, thus far. But I wouldn't have him won. I'm kind of old school. I like gritty running backs. So I would have Kenneth Walker at one because I feel like without C.J. Stroud, Ohio State would probably still have a pretty good team. But I feel like without Kenneth Walker, Michigan State's a 500 team. So I kind of look at him as like a Cam Newton type player. That If Auburn wouldn't have had Cam Newton, no chance they even win seven games that season. And it's kind of the same thing with Walker. So he would be my number one guy. And to me, I don't even get to two like it's him and then everybody else. So, you could throw CJ Stroud, you could throw Bryce Young, you could throw a number of guys in that conversation. I'm going to throw kind of a dark horse at you. Nobody talks about the season that Sam Hartman is having for Wake Forest. <laughs> I mean, he's thrown for 2475, 22 touchdowns, three picks, 88 total QBR. So,
1: well, I've tried talking about him every time I do, Timmy shuts me down.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, <coughs> Yeah, he, he shits all over it. Um, so, I, I don't know. Do I think that guy ends up winning the Heisman? No. We've talked no. up and down about Matt Corral and how good he is. He's kind of, you know, leveled out the last couple of weeks. He's been banged up, hasn't really lit, set the world on fire. So, I you know, I still think he could make it to New York, depending on how the rest of the season goes. But ultimately, I feel like it's Kenneth Walker, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and then everybody else.
1: Okay, yeah. So I I'm I'm with you guys as far as Kenneth Walker and CJ C. Stroud being the two front runners. I just have them in a different order than Timmy. I you know, I'm not much of a narrative guy, but uh, Ken, Kenneth Walker being where he's at as far as, in terms of uh, you know, rushing leaders, yards per carry, uh 14 touchdowns on the year already. But ha- him having the game he had against Michigan with the 197 yards and five touchdowns, I you know, people talk about the Heisman moment, which I think is kind of kind of crap. But he does have that, and I think he's going to get a lot of votes from it. C.J. Stroud, I think, would be my number two, but he's also the most likely guy to jump up and take that, in my mind, just because he's going to have a chance for so many big games going forward. If that makes sense, right? He's still got obviously the Michigan game, the Michigan State game, you know, and, and he's he's had some pretty gouty numbers. So he's a guy I think can win it. But if I had to vote today, I think it, I think my guy would be Kenneth Walker.
0: Agree, Timmy, you're wrong. Hey,
1: to set. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I think he's wrong right now. I, you know, we'll we'll see what happens going forward. He might end up being right.
0: But yeah, I mean, if if Ohio State torches Michigan State and Kenneth Walker gets shut the fuck down, then yeah, you can just flip flop the rankings right there. I feel
2: like I think it's probably a scenario where they play each other and both of them light the fucking field on fire. Honestly,
1: right? Yeah, I was gonna say that game might end up kind of swinging it one way or the other, or uh, or make the race, like, impossibly tough. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I don't know that the the clear-cut Heisman winner who does eventually win is necessarily identified by Week 10. Uh, we'll, we'll see, but it's something to keep an eye on.
0: Can we just award um, the Heisman to Georgia's entire defense?
1: Yeah, yes. I, I've been seeing a lot of stuff about Jordan Davis. So, uh, speaking of Jordan Davis and the rest of the Georgia Bulldogs, in in a, in a development that shocks absolutely nobody, who's watched more than three seconds of college football this year, Georgia uh, is number one in the college football playoff rankings that came out. What? Uh, Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. Georgia one, Alabama two, Michigan state three, Oregon four. Timmy. Are the top four correct? Do we do we have the right teams in the top four? Well, you should know that. I
2: think if you're looking at it objectively, yes, because Oregon has that win over Ohio State. You know, almost 100% sure that's why the playoff committee has them at four. But I would personally put Ohio State where Oregon's at. Despite the heads-up, you know, game that they played, just because I think Ohio State's looked a lot better in their performance than Oregon has, but Cincinnati sliding down to six, I think that's fair. Michigan at seven, I don't know.
1: Well, hold, you know, hold, yeah, hold on, pump to just state a bit. about that. Yeah, just the top four. So, two-part question: Are the are those the correct four teams? And you're saying yes.
2: I'm saying objectively yes. Okay. Personally, no. I would have Ohio State at four, but I can understand why the committee has it the way they do. Okay.
1: So then, the follow-up: Are those teams in the right order in your opinion?
2: Um, I would I would personally put Michigan State over Alabama right now, just because they have an undefeated record, and Alabama has
1: an L. Um, that's just me, though. Well, it's not just you. I would too. Um, um, uh, Jason, what do you think about the top four? Where where are you on this?
0: Well, it's no shocker that I think George is the best team in the country, and they should be number one. No question there. Nothing to even talk about. Uh, as far as two, three, four goes, I don't have Oregon in the top four. Even though they beat Ohio State, that was like week two or three of the season. They're a different team, and they lost to Stanford, which to me. That's an immediate disqualifier for going to the playoffs. Yeah,
2: we already set the South End zone podcast playoff rules and yeah, you know, they're immediately disqualified Agree. for losing so Stanford.
0: I I you know, I hate it for Oregon because I think they have a good football team, but I feel like if Ohio State played them today, it would be a different ball game. So the criteria for this is supposed to be who's the four best teams. Who do we think the four best teams are, regardless of records or all the other bullshit, conference championships, whatever. All that stuff does count for something, but ultimately who I think is better, I think Ohio State's better. As far as where two and three are, you could split hairs with that. If Alabama and Michigan State on in neutral field right now, Alabama would be favored by double digits. So that <laughs> – Right.
1: So, I, I mean, in the big picture, two and three really doesn't matter a ton because all that affects in the final seating is where the game is played. Um, just because the committee is not going to put the higher seed at a geographical disadvantage, I think is how they phrase it. So so let me ask you this. Uh, Alabama, they went on the road, they lost by a field goal to Texas A&M. If they, say they won that game by a field goal and they were 8-0, and do you think they would be number one or number two? Because I would argue that the way Georgia has played and just dismantled everybody, that you could make a case they would be number, they would have jumped Alabama. Yeah, I don't,
0: I, I think lost. no one, even if they, I feel like if Alabama goes on the and blows out texas A&M. a and week before that they had lost to mississippi state at home so right. a win there would not really look all that great anyway so for them to be number two where they are i feel like is a win for them so i feel like georgia should absolutely be number one unquestionably but like i say my only qualm with the the top four would be Oregon at this point.
1: And that And that's, I mean, you know, what you said was kind of what I was working towards is it, it sort of feels like I think Alabama could very possibly be two, even if they were 8-0 and and had beat Texas A&M. So it really makes you question, like, them being at two. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't get penalized for the loss, effectively.
0: Yeah. I mean... Uh- like I say, I think it's more of just a. They look at it like Vegas looks at it. If they met on a neutral field, who would be favored? And Alabama yeah. would be favored over every team in America on a neutral field
1: other than Georgia. Well, uh, probably so. Um, yeah,
2: maybe so, but, yeah, I mean, you also got to consider, you know, they do have the L, and then they also kept it real close with Florida, who didn't really pan out either, so, I mean, there's arguments on both sides of the table about two and three and where they should be, but, you know, it's kind of irrelevant, like we said. Yeah,
1: I mean, and... and certainly, you know, no decisions are made now, obviously, and a lot can and will happen to change this. I was just kind of curious as far as the order, what you guys thought about the order they're in. Uh, So moving out of the top four, the the top four in the initial rankings have never, ever been the same four teams at the end. And they're not most likely not going to be this year. So moving on, you know, say the next four teams, uh, Ohio State at five, Cincinnati at six, Michigan at seven, Oklahoma, nine and zero, Oklahoma at eight. Which of those teams are you guys looking at that that can maybe work their way up and crash the party, Jason.
0: Oklahoma, as bad as they've looked, it doesn't... It's. It still doesn't matter if they go undefeated and win the Big 12, and they're 13 and 0, they will make the playoffs. Period.
2: Well, they're also a different looking team with Caleb Williams in there now. Unless
0: you're going to stick Cincinnati in there over them, which they won't do, because like I've said, I, I've been okay. I've been back and forth on the Cincinnati stuff, so I, I do want to settle it right now. I kind of, you know, took a step back and thought, okay, maybe Timmy's right. Maybe this is the year where the wind is blowing that direction enough, where enough bitching and crying is going on that they finally get in. Well, clearly the playoff committee, feels the same way as I do, that they could go 100-0, and and it doesn't matter. They don't play anybody. They squeak by trash teams like Navy, and they don't deserve to be in. So unless you're going to – the only argument that I could see here where it's not Oklahoma, if they were to win out, would be if Wake Forest were to also win out. Then it's splitting hairs. Who do you stick in, the undefeated ACC champ or the undefeated Big 12 champ? Because if Alabama were to go on and win and beat Georgia, they both have to be in.
1: Right. I think at this point, Georgia's in regardless of if they win in the SEC championship game.
0: Yeah, I agree. So, So, Georgia is in... I mean, Alabama, if they lose, they're out, in my opinion.
2: I kind of see it the other way with Cincinnati. I see this as the playoff committee giving them an inside track to the playoff. Because, like Eric just said, the first four teams that have been in have never been four teams that actually go. And, you know, if you're looking at it, Alabama has a pretty good opportunity to get a second L if they play Georgia in the SEC championship game. Michigan State could very well lose one or two more games, Oregon certainly could lose. You know, if you got teams that are above them right now that are going to end up with two losses on their their resume and they're still undefeated and they're sitting there at six right now, I don't see anywhere else for them to go but up there at, like, four.
0: Yeah, and that's why I brought up Oklahoma or Way Forest. To me, those are the only two teams, you know, that could crash the party, as it were, because if those two teams end up undefeated – They'll get the nod over Cincinnati, period. Even though <laughs> Wake, to me, doesn't deserve it any more than Cincinnati does. The ACC is a dumpster fire. So I think Cincinnati would probably go undefeated in the ACC. But that's neither here nor there. The point being, Oklahoma, they've looked like trash, but the, the bottom line is, is that they're 9-0 and and they've got three games left and they'll probably have to play Oklahoma State twice.
1: Yeah. So Oklahoma's at eight. Like I said, they're nine and no, in my mind, I think they still control their own destiny because they have upcoming games against Baylor, who is 12 Oklahoma state, who is 11 uh, Iowa state. And then the big 12 title game, uh, which right now looks like it's going to be Oklahoma state. You know, they they have a chance to get some quality wins. I think that are much better than what Cincinnati's got left. So uh, I'm kind of with you. I think Oklahoma is much more likely to jump into the top four as teams drop out than Cincinnati is. I, I kind of feel like Cincinnati has sort of hit their ceiling at six just because they have nobody left.
0: Yeah, they have no one. And look who, Oklahoma St- who, look who Oklahoma's got left. They've got Oklahoma State and Baylor left on the docket, which who right. could both one be top teams, ten teams if they keep winning?
1: Right. One of those teams twice, mostly. So, yes.
0: So I feel like they've got a good inside track to get there if they keep winning. Um, them being at nine is just inconsequential to me. Or eight, sorry.
1: Uh, so those are the top eight. Number nine checking in is Wake Forest at eight and zero, coming out of a garbage ass ACC. And I would argue that th- the three toughest teams they're going to play come in these last four weeks. Their their remaining schedule is at North Carolina, NC State at home, at Clemson, at Boston College. All those teams are five hundred or better, right? So as as disappointing as Clemson has been, they're still five and three. I don't think eight and four is like off the table for Wake Forest. Absolutely not. You know, at this point, I'm just playing with house money because they left six point five in the dust two weeks ago. But uh, I think they're much more likely to to split those games and drop out. So, to me, Wake Forest, you know, check back in two weeks. But for me, I'm 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 not worrying about them quite yet. Notre Dame is at ten. They are seven and one. Boy, they need all sorts. Dark horse. They need all sorts of help. If yeah,
0: I, I don't see them getting in because Cincinnati's not going to lose period right they,
1: so that's the that's the problem is they can't jump cincinnati no cannot and w- what is their best win right now i would say wisconsin
0: <laughs> yeah i mean so if that's, there's that's not a bar, whole lot of marquee wins there and unfortunately for them teams like usc aren't good And
1: florida's yeah they i just don't think they're going to have the schedule
0: um, yeah, because I mean, you kudos to Notre Dame. They do schedule tough every year.
1: So they, they, they do schedule bigger name program, more marquee program. The problem is college football teams schedule games five years in advance and USC and Florida State my you know, schools like that aren't necessarily what they were five years ago. So they just happen to not have any real, real opportunity for, for signature win these other teams like the big 10 teams or even the big 12 teams
0: well and even all that being said it doesn't matter on the eyeball test they stink
1: yeah (laughs) let's let's be realistic yeah once you and once you look at you know start examining the games they have they have a lot of ugly wins and they're just they're not I don't think anyone's going to be convinced they're a top four team, even if they do win out. Uh, But there are a couple of wild cards. Now, the lowest a team has ever been ranked in the initial rankings and still made the the last four uh, was 2014 Ohio State entered the ranking, the initial ranking at 14, and ended up making the playoff and winning.
0: Yeah, well, I can already tell you who it's going to be this year. They're ranked number 13 right now. It's Auburn. If Auburn wins out and beats Alabama and goes to face Georgia – and somehow were to pull off a win there, they get in with two losses. They're the only team to me that has two losses that has a chance to get to the playoff because of who they've got left.
1: Okay, well, so I'm going to respectfully disagree that they can get into the playoff with two losses just because there's so many teams with a zero or one right now. Uh, and then I'm also going to degree, uh, disagree that that they're the ones who have a chance to crash from from way back because I'm looking at... Oklahoma State and Baylor, who are both 7-1. And, and Those teams are either going to play each other again or play Oklahoma twice. So, Oklahoma State 7-1. and one, They already have a win over Baylor. They've got West Virginia, TCU, and Texas Tech left. Those are games they obviously they should win. Uh, they get the Bedlam game at home and then the Big 12 title game. Oklahoma State runs the table. Big 12 champ, 12 and 1. They're lost to Iowa State on the road. Can you keep them out? <laughs> I don't think so.
0: I mean, I... <laughs> As bad as it right. I, kills me to say it, these teams will, I, I would put Auburn in over them with even with two losses because one of those losses has been a Georgia.
1: Right? Yeah. If they were to win yeah, out, yeah. So they would have they would have to even that out to, to even be in the discussion. And there are other losses at Penn State.
0: Right. You know that the first game of the season.
1: Right. Could look a lot better. Could look a lot worse. As you know, not a lot worse, but less good uh, as the season goes. I mean you know, Penn State still has some pretty tough teams to play. They could end up, you know, go- going on the road and losing to a 7-5 and five Penn State team isn't as impressive as a
0: 9-3. Well, think, I did say at the beginning of the year that the SEC champ will get into the playoff regardless of who it is. It doesn't matter. Whoever it is gets in. Because, you know, if it's Georgia, they're one already. If it's Alabama, they're two already. If it's Auburn, they're going to beat two and one on their way there. So how could you keep them out regardless of what's happened? I, I just don't. I don't see any way you can keep them out with a loss to Penn State in Week One. I, I don't get it. I don't see it. All year we talk about how dominant Georgia is, and if they were to lose to Auburn, yeah, you, all bets are off. They're in. Well, we've seen it before. We saw I, it in twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Auburn ran, uh, Auburn had two losses that year. You remember the kick six? Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, that was that season, and the week before that, they beat a top ten Georgia team with a prayer, Hail Mary, and then they beat Alabama with a kick six, and went to the SEC title game, won, and ended up in the national championship against Florida State.
1: Well, yeah, that's I mean that's a little different as far as the BCS versus the playoff, but I don't, I'm not convinced that they can get in with two losses. That anyone can get in with two losses, but uh, I, you know, we'll see. Um, Auburn but, Jesus, uh, man,
0: don't discount him. <laughs> It's a real thing. Uh, well,
1: they're they're going to need actual Jesus. They're going to beat Georgia, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm done talking uh, about Auburn. I'm done. Okay, fair enough. Um, so as, as far as the playoff goes, there are some big games coming up, uh, none in Week 10 that, that really impact it, other than the fact that these teams do play football games. Uh, but as far as games that have a direct impact on these standings, uh, Week 11 coming up, we got Michigan at Penn State. The first, potentially the first of two games of Oklahoma and Baylor. Uh, So one of those teams is going to drop probably out of the top 12 from that one. Week 12, Michigan State at Ohio State is going to be, that is going to turn into a monster game because you could be talking about two teams that are in, depending on on Oregon, you're talking about two teams that could be already in the top four playing in the regular season.
0: Oh man, I I hope Mel Tucker wears shorts.
1: I don't think
2: it's shorts weather anymore. I don't
0: think Mel Tucker gives a fuck what, how cold it is.
1: <laughs> shorts in November in Ohio seems dicey to me.
0: <laughs> think you guys underestimate Mel.
1: Yeah, maybe. But then we've got the mother of all football weekends. Week 13, Alabama at Auburn, Ohio State at Michigan, uh, Penn State gets Michigan, I'm sorry, Michigan State gets Penn State at home, and then we've got the Bedlam game. A lot of football left to play, and there's going to be a lot of flux with uh, these top ten or even fifteen teams. And I mean, well, we'll see. Who, who? If you guys had to pick, who is going to be left standing? Which four? Who are you backing,
2: Timmy? Um, so Georgia is in, regardless. Um, in my opinion, I think they hold serve. They get it done. They're they're going. I don't think two SEC two SEC teams go this year. I'm going to take Ohio State put them at two because I think they're gonna win the big ten I think Cincinnati you know despite the disagreements Jason I think they do get in at four uh I'm gonna take take them um sliding in there and then in the three spot uh I'm gonna agree with Eric and say that whoever comes out on top in the big 12 is gonna slide in there at
1: three meaning you're you're taking all, all any of those three teams Oklahoma Oklahoma State and Baylor yeah any one of those three slide them in there all right Jason tell them where he's wrong
0: Hmm. Well, I think the only way a Big 12 champion gets in is if Oklahoma goes undefeated. That's it. If they lose a game, if any of them, if anybody other than Oklahoma ends up the Big 12 champ, they're out. Because I think this is a really, really tough pick for me, man, because I don't like to bet on Alabama. I don't. It makes the game not as enjoyable for me. But if you're just asking me who I think can crash the party, as it were, and end up in the playoffs. We we all agree Georgia's in regardless. But Nick Saban's undefeated against Kirby Smart. He's never lost to him. And I don't think it's a good time to start betting against Nick Saban ever. So it's on a neutral field. I don't know. I feel like if Alabama gets there, they've got a chance to beat Georgia. I mean, they, they smoked them last year, just smoke-checked them. So, you know, I'm not going to count them out. I think if Alabama ends up there, they have a chance to beat them. I know it sounds like a super homerish take, but just look at the past. Look at the facts. <laughs> He's never beat him, Kirby Smart. So, I, you know, maybe that's this year. Could be. But am I going to bet on it being this year? No, I would not bet that. I would bet on Alabama if I was just going to bet a straight money line. It would, you know, speaking statistically, it would be crazy to bet against it. So, I think Alabama probably ends up getting in if they beat Auburn. I think that's their last test before they meet Georgia. So, and that's in Auburn. That'll be a tall order. So, I think Georgia and Alabama are probably in, assuming what I just said happens. Michigan State, I don't see it. I think Ohio State ends up in there. I think they run the table, went out, and get in. And then I think if Oklahoma goes undefeated, they'll slide in at four. If they don't, to me, that would be...
1: You think that opens the door for Oregon to stand?
0: Yes, to me. You know, then you can have an argument of, oh well, you know this team they they did beat you know the number three team Ohio State they beat them they've got one loss. Do we put them in or Cincinnati? I think Oregon gets the nod there. <laughs> you know what what's gonna what's gonna bring in more TV viewers Cincinnati or Oregon? I mean come on that I just I don't know. I think the Big 12's only shot is for Oklahoma to go undefeated. And once that happens, if Oregon stays at a one loss team, I think they're in.
1: All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm not sure how much we'll be talking about these rankings week to week. I'm sure we'll cover it at some point, especially as it if you know there are large changes, like someone loses. But uh, yeah, that kind of wraps us up on playoff talk. And uh, Jason, I'll kick it back over to you for uh, closing out this segment.
0: Yeah, uh, I would say it's been a season of surprises to this point. I would say this is the craziest college football season that uh, any of us remember in recent memory, would I be way off base to say that?
1: You would not. Absolutely not. You would not. Yeah.
0: So I, I mean, listeners, if you know somebody that's just killing it on bets this year, (laughs) that's hitting at like an 80% rate, we'd like to talk to them. Yeah, digits, please. I, I, I would like to understand their philosophy and how they're getting so many wins because, I mean, some of us have just been getting crushed. And I feel like we're all pretty deep in the college game, that we follow it close, we understand betting and the numbers and all that. And I just, man, I mean, we're sitting at 13 and 14 each against the spread right now so he, i mean you could throw our upset numbers in there and pad the stats a little bit but looking forward like you said we'll see what happens we'll cover it as we go if there's any monumental changes but uh, i'm honestly i'm looking forward to the uh end of season review show you know that'll be about the only thing that i look forward to after the season's over so <laughs>
1: But uh, we'll cook up something.
0: Yeah. But with that, unless you boys have got something, I'm going to close out the show.
1: No, man. Go for it.
0: Timmy, you still awake over there? Hey there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, the mad Hungarian is gone. So with that, I'm going to close us out. Uh, You guys can find us. On all available podcast platforms, we are now part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. They've got several podcasts. You can go check them out. All different kinds of sports: basketball, hockey, football, fantasy football, whatever you want. So, great network. A lot of different shows to choose from. Feel free to uh, look that up, and you can find us there. And also, a thanks to our sponsor, DraftKings. And we will be back with you today. is Wednesday, so we'll be back with you for what week eleven, boys? It'll be week. Yeah, week eleven, probably
1: somewhere around November tenth ish.
0: All right. Well, all right. Well, we will be back then. So, thanks for listening. Go and uh, check us out. Leave us a review, five stars only, please. And we will see you next week. Thank you very much. Have a great day.